0: Welcome to the third episode of Angry Bitches. Uh, this is Audrey Ralph. Molly Rowan. <laughs> um, tonight we are going to read you a little bit of our poetry. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about random shit. Um, and hopefully make you laugh and hopefully, you know, make you think a little bit too. So um, Molly, you want to start out with one of your pieces? Oh, sure. Are we going angry today? Of course. <laughs> is it a day that ends in why?
1: All right, I'm going to turn the mic. My way. I've, we got a new microphone, by the way, so you can hear us better. are you lucky?
0: We hope. Oh,
1: This one is called Thrifting. He clamored into her bed, anticipating the just rewards he'd hoped for. While she tucked her youngins down for the night, he spread the linens just right so as to accentuate what minute girth he wasn't blessed with. He tap-tapped away on the device she had given him and swapped advice with another lady he hoped would be in town come Saturday. It's only Tuesday, he thought silently while listening for her footsteps to descend from upstairs. She let the dogs out and double-checked the locks. As she slid into the sheets, he grabbed her hand and slid it down to his freshly shorn briar. Surprise, he whispered. I was bored at the hotel last night. Manscaping wasn't exactly his specialty, but he had a special lady on the hook that his current one was aloof to. Two birds, one stone, he figured. He always enjoyed a good bargain. Something for nothing, they say and that was thrift thrifting sorry thrifting can't even remember the title to my own poem
0: which we totally love to do
1: i do like thrifting audrey what's your favorite thing you've ever picked up at a thrift store
0: oh my god so i was at a it was more of a flea market and like one of those nasty like backwoods florida <laughs> flea markets <laughs> And I was walking around and I saw... Did you
1: find a cousin?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but I but there were people that didn't have teeth, a lot of them. Um, but I was walking around and I found this weird uh, toy box. And it was the exact toy box that I had when I was a little kid. And in fact, there is a picture of me, probably a year old, standing in this toy, toy box bawling like crying your eyes out crying my eyes out and so i had to purchase the toy box I so think... you
1: could once again stand in it and cry your eyes out
0: yeah i mean i should be doing that right now actually but
1: yeah you know i i tend to do that daily these days
0: mm-hmm. yeah it is 2021 yes what about you
1: well what's my favorite thrifted? thing i've ever thrifted boyfriends exclusive. <laughs> 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 yeah no let's see here what is my favorite thing I've ever thrifted? I'd probably my black and white houndstooth tweed patched hat.
0: Oh, because yeah, I love one. that thing. That's a good one. Although your green ass Doc Martens are nice too. Yes,
1: my green Docs are phenomenal. That's true. Those are my favorite shoes now.
0: Yeah, we've, we've really gotten a lot of interesting things. Yeah.
1: Thrifting, thrifting is fun for the eclectic personality
0: absolutely absolutely it's it's entertainment it's it's the thrill of the hunt
1: it's like a treasure hunt and you just don't know what you're gonna get that's right Forrest Gump would be proud
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so do you want to talk about the poem at all or you just want to move on to something
1: oh let's just move on okay then I think y'all got the idea I think Audrey should read one of her pieces
0: All right. Uh, This is a newer piece um, and it's called Five Words. Five words and no explanation, no closure, no way to respond. Five words and you're gone. Was that all she meant to you? Was that all she was worth? Five words and then you walk. All the promises, all the plans, all the late nights, the music that held you in its sway. 20 plus years and a knock on the door and five words tore it apart. Five words broke her will. Five words broke her heart. Five words broke her resolve, called into question everything she thought she believed. Five words, just five words and a betrayal without even a kiss on the cheek. Enjoy your pieces of silver as you dangle from your tree.
1: Damn. I think that speaks for itself as well
0: yeah some people are just um i know
1: a few people i'd like to dangle from a tree
0: yeah some people are just cruel Cruel they are unusual
1: yeah and that's usually why i want to dangle them from a tree exactly because they are cruel and unusual
0: yeah yeah that (sighs) you know that goes back to our whole thing about ghosting and like you know one of our friends left me a message today and told me that, you know, he was ghosted this week. And, you know, it really, it really bothered him and it really called into question, like in his mind, you know, everything about himself. Like he, he was like, well, why wouldn't I be ghosting ghosted? I was, I'm ugly and blah, blah, blah. And I, I just told him, I'm like, it's, it's not a reflection on you, but you know, I can sit here and say that to him. I can't tell myself that
1: it's hard, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. It's awful. It's an awful feeling when someone does that to you. It tells you that your time was worth nothing, that you're not even worth a response back. Not even a, fuck you. I'm Mm -hmm. done. Leave Mm -hmm. me alone. Whatever it is.
0: Right. Or it just shows that they're an absolute selfish coward. That too. And Hmm. can't have an adult conversation.
1: Yeah, there is that. There's a lot of that going around these days.
0: There certainly is. There certainly is. All right. Why don't you read something?
1: All right. This one has gotten some airplay over. When did I write this? So It's been a little over a year old. This is called Nothing From You. She's a badass, and she doesn't need your love. She's a powerhouse and needs no approval. She's walked the terrible crooked line and has dined on fabrications meant to stifle, meant to suffocate her words, meant to blemish her self-worth, but that dirt just rolls right off her back. Because she's a badass. She's toted the note for years. She's toiled the spoiled garden that grows your petty fears, and her soulful skin reflects the work, the sweat, the tears she's shed to get here. She's a badass, and she doesn't need your love. She's a powerhouse and needs nothing from you to survive what she has already lived through. She keeps walking, she keeps talking, and her songs drown out the soggy menus you wish she'd order from. She is the culmination, totality, and the sum of everything that equals strength. She is a badass that carries everything, even the kitchen sink if she needs to. And she needs nothing from you.
0: So I love that one because that's like the phoenix rising from the ashes.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like... Like we, we, we wade through a lot of like bullshit and we wade through a lot of like deep and you hurt me poetry. Oh yeah. But that is the Phoenix rising from the ashes.
1: Yeah. So I wrote that in the throes of a pretty bad, abrupt breakup.
0: There's a lot of that going on. I know.
1: Right. And Yeah. So there's that. (laughs) I don't know if I want to tear open that old wound or not, but it was very cowardly and much like Audrey's uh, stories of being ghosted, it was very similar, but it wasn't just him. It was him and his whole family, you know, basically ghosted me and my kids. And it wasn't just me that hurt, you know. My kids hurt too. And it was not fun. But yeah. There it was. The anger of yeah. having
0: your kids hurt.
1: Oh yeah. Totally.
0: That came out.
1: Mmm, it certainly did. <laughs> yeah. She's a badass.
0: Yeah. So, here's one I wrote about being friend-zoned.
1: Mmm, that's always a good one.
0: Yeah, it's called My Mistake. I have no time anymore to dissect the underbelly of society. Relocated to the friend-zone and hung out to dry. I have no time anymore. I've already swept that floor. I can no longer stand and look to the future waiting for the rain of possibility. I have no time anymore for selfish dreams and underwhelming realities. I've misled myself for too long, my mistake.
1: So yeah, been there.
0: Yeah, so what, about two years ago, um, I had a crush on a friend of ours and uh, there was there was never any promise of a future at all, but we were getting to know each other and, you know,
1: Audrey caught the feels.
0: I caught the feels. Um, you know, we were getting close and we were sharing things and I had hoped that it was going one way and it clearly wasn't. So I wrote that for him. There you go. Yeah.
1: Speak, we're, since we're still speaking of relationships, you know, cause we're just two old hags on a roll here and <sighs> stumbling around in the dark. I'll read this one. Um, So I wrote this shortly before my divorce. And I think you'll catch the drift. It's called Commodity. I don't want to be your weekend lover or an afterthought when you've had another whiskey sour sipped over rocks. I don't want to be your raunchy secret posted notch. Oh, no. I want to be your tattooed lady slip under my canvas covered muse. I want to lose my senses on the fences that crumble at our feet. I want to wreck the walls of existence that color our imaginary boundaries of short-lived partitions. I want to walk the halls and hear them talk up a chatter. I want to be that piece of you that scatters up the doorstep for another look. I want to be your bedside table, daytime verbiage, storybook, living read. I want to heed your words while you speak them and tell you my stories in trade. I want to feel every fold of your hands while time slips by and we age. I want to be your backdrop, your pedestal, your spotlight, your sage. I'm past the stage of playing games like school kids by locker doors. I've long since traded backpacks and glances for late night talks and super slow dances by the kitchen table. Pork roast and coffee tell me I'm lovely with bedhead and sleep in my eyes and don't disguise exactly what you want. Time is a commodity too precious to slip by alone. So no, I don't want to be your weekend lover. Not ever. Yeah. Bam! Yeah, I wrote that going through my divorce and with the thought of going out into the dating minefield Mm. in my mid-40s. I, you know, it's like I don't want to dance around some bullshit while some guy figures out who he wants to screw next. No, I'm over that. That's high school bullshit.
0: Is it a minefield or is it a cesspool?
1: Whatever. It's a <laughs> minefield within a cesspool.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so I haven't been I haven't been back in the dating pool that long, but I'm just starting to think like, I need to kind of forget about it and just focus Focus on you, focus on me, focus on my friends and exactly, you know, just don't even worry about the opposite sex. Yep. Because that's where
1: I'm at. I mean, yeah, our couple of podcasts have been kind of man hating, but that was just to get us through some bullshit. But yeah. Yeah. By and large, I mean, I've been single since, you well, know, my divorce was in 2017, um, went through a year and a half relationship after that, and so I've been single and not dating anyone for well over a year, working on two, and, I, and it's a pandemic, so I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've only not been dating anyone for five weeks now, but... <laughs> not that I'm counting. Um, so I'm a little more bitter and angry than I think Molly is, but yeah,
1: that's all right. I'll
0: get there. Um, thank God for therapy. Um, I'm, I'll am get there. It's just this. It's a process. It sort of rocked my world, this whole breakup. So um, just because I, I broke my, I broke my rules and I trusted and I, believed and did not put up the walls that I usually put up. So, and I'm paying for it.
1: Mm-hmm. So did you want to read another one?
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is called the woman who murdered black satin. And there's actually an interesting story that goes along with this one. Cursed is he who hangs from a tree, but what if she she who had enough of her lover, she who had enough of he, she prone to the madness of the moon, she with gunpowder and will, the will to be free, one way or the other, rough and ready, the snuff of light, the thumping of the floorboards, and my, the Lord now have mercy on her soul. So, I
1: love that one. I was
0: with my dad. And we went to a, a small town, and we stopped into this little coffee shop. And we thought it was a coffee shop anyway. It ended up being a dude with a coffee pot. <laughs> and... It was Adler. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> a dude with a coffee pot and a bunch of books. And I was looking through some of the old books on the town's history, and there was a woman, and I, I sadly don't remember her name, but she, according to the men in the town, went crazy um, and decided she wanted to be to divorce her husband and wanted to like get out of town.
1: That doesn't sound terribly crazy.
0: No. Uh, not to us now, but <laughs> back then. Scandal. Scandalous she was a witch oh yes burn her she um packed her bags and stole her husband's car Mm. and took off in this convertible car um and unfortunately what happened was she and, and I can't make this make this shit up this actually happened she got her scarf stuck in a tree no as she was driving away
1: and she hung herself and she
0: hung herself
1: damn
0: and you know she like absalom in the bible got his got his hair caught in a tree she got her scarf caught in a tree hung herself and the car kept going and mm. you know wow so the men in the town said yes she was a witch and that's how she got her comeuppance for being Damn. witchy and leaving her husband. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Ouch. So that was an interesting uh, afternoon coffee.
1: Yeah, I bet. With your pops? With my pops. Mm-hmm. Mm. Speaking of trees, here's one that's called Migrant. I'll get away from the angry man hating speak just for a minute here. It's called M- Migrant. I'm not sure when it happened, the snagging, but I noticed the appearance two years ago this fall. At first, it hung like a billowy stranger, waiting to catch the rain, so thirsty. I watched, all last summer, some days, I could almost hear its whimpers, at high noon when the sun beat down, scorched. This winter, I noticed its frailty. No globular shape like the elements unplugged its drain and let the life out, so fluid. Today, I still see it, or what's left. I feel sad as it flaps, fleshy scraps in the tree, but it's only plastic.
0: Tell us about that.
1: So for years, you know, whenever I'm driving around or taking a walk or whatever, you always see that plastic grocery bag snagged in a tree somewhere, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Or, you know, billowing down the street in the wind. So I just have always, they've always caught my eye and I've always thought how long they've sat there or, yeah, so that was my My representation of my thoughts on the plastic grocery bag in the tree.
0: It's very American beauty of you.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so intellectually deep and fancy. (laughs) So deep, you don't even know what's going on.
0: Oh, my God. What the hell is
1: that girl talking about?
0: But it's interesting how things catch your eye and spawn art. Yeah. It's all only about a plastic grocery bag. That's all. Um, this one is about, it's called a party in Brooklyn and it's actually about a party in Brooklyn. Right. What? I got so creative there. Um, (laughs) I was at this party and, um, it was at my cousin's house. She's got this gorgeous house and these people had rented it out. Um, it was some kind of like up and coming, you know, 30 under 30 type people. Okay. And, uh, they let us, the people who were staying in the house and lived in the house, they let us attend the party and, um, you know, the booze was running free and we were all just kind of mingling and, you know, we all had this story that we all lived in this house and that we were all roommates and blah, blah, blah. And the party got out of hand and things got weird later, but that's a (laughs) whole different story. there was this girl named Hannah from England and um, we developed a a great friendship while we were both in the house. And so this is about her because I'm always awkward and always, (laughs) always out of a fish out of water at a party. So that's true. Yeah. So here we go. Party in Brooklyn. And there I was out of my element. A fly on the wall of the rich under 30 set. Nursing champagne in the corner of the room, willing no one to see me. When I looked up and there you were, walking through the crowd now parting like the sea. Hair flowing, suit clinging to every curve like it was a second skin. White trainers announcing your confidence. And you came directly to me with that smile, that incredible smile. Throwing your arms around me, I was the wealthiest person in the room. And that was Hannah, man. She was gorgeous, is gorgeous. She's a model. And she just would look at you and.
1: You as family.
0: Seriously, just immediately and always put you at ease. That's nice. So thank God for Hannah.
1: So I reached back into the old Wicked Women in Words vault. Mm -hmm. And I found things my mama never told me.
0: Oh, this will be a good one. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do.
1: (laughs) Okay. Things my mama never told me. So many things my mama never told me. In my fifth month of pregnancy, I sneezed and peed simultaneously. I didn't even know that was possible, but it is. It's also possible to laugh and piss your pants or pass some gas and poop your pants. Yep, that happens too. So many things my mama never told me. The glow that I had while pregnant was really just swollen ankles. Well, I mean cankles because socks never seemed to fit. Talk about barefoot and pregnant. I lived it. Not to mention the inability to shit in the morning. Instead of dropping the kids off at the pool, I was looking for pills to soften my stool because prune juice is some nasty stuff. So many things my mama never told me. I acquired superhuman abilities while I was growing babies, such as the power to smell a rancid fart from a mile away. There is nothing quite like the wafting, rotting odor of old man bowels in the grocery store, two aisles over from my selection of canned goods. My cankles kept me from running like I once could, and my gag reflex became spot on, and I could hurl on cue, just not on my shoes, because I couldn't even see nor wear them bastards. So many things my mama never told me. How do I shave my legs when I can't even see them? I didn't want to give birth looking like a Sasquatch squatting in the forest. This task required graceful balance of which I had none. But I did have a mirror, a tub, and a belly as big as Santa Claus who may or may not have eaten his entire herd of reindeer. Shaving legs while pregnant and swollen? (laughs) Easier said than done. So many things my mama never told me. Thanks, Mom, for all of your non-existent advice. A little heads up would have been nice.
0: That is hilarious and all true because Molly was gigantic. Oh, my
1: God. That's not, yeah, yeah, I was. Well, I suffered from polyhydramnios, which meant big as a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade balloon.
0: For real. For real. Mm Mm-hmm. That was, that's not even a lie, <laughs> Girl, I got so big, my feet got stretch marks. I've never seen anyone so big. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: my gynecologist once told me, okay, so my gynecologist with my first pregnancy told me that um, I had a, a uterus the size of women who carry triplets.
0: Holy cow. I had one
1: baby in me. So I have a super uterus. Hear it Roar.
0: That's something else. Uh
1: huh. It's something. (laughs)
0: Uh, I just, I just have two more that I'd like to read. And the last one is very, very short. Um, This one's called 222. You swore an aversion to being controlled. Yet here you are salting the bountiful to sow among weeds. And for what? Because you were told you would burn? Or was it because you lack the conviction to actually choose the narrow path? It's easier to be led by the collar than to break the chains you've now welded, to turn your face from the warmth of the sun to nest in a cavern of dank despair. Blessed be the man who runs from his own happiness for he shall inherit the crown of the martyr and drink from the bitter sponge of self-righteousness. Bam. I I don't think I need to explain that one, but um, yeah, that,
1: Yeah, we'll just go on since, you know, you're on the whole religious iconoclastic
0: uh,
1: topic. We'll 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 read this one that I wrote back on Insurrection Day, January 6th, and it's called Waiting for Jesus, which I think is just the best title ever.
0: Oh, the poor bastard that spawned all of these. Waiting for
1: Jesus. Okay. (laughs) I know I'm going to burn in hell. You don't have to remind me. Long lay the wait. Frantic layers stripped, years in the making, she took the bait. Soul-starving, carving out her niche. He, with pretty boy bed dreams, iconoclastic Puritan screams, juxtaposed in a soul twisted, broken. Long lay the wait. Ghosted. Unspoken. She, with hopeful trust and a lust for connection, wanted to hold the line. In good time. Blocked. Barricaded. No detour in sight. Ghost in the night. Baby cries. Mental anguish. Other fish. What would Jesus do? Mm.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What would Jesus do?
1: I don't know. I love that title, Waiting for Jesus, because it says so many different things.
0: It really does.
1: I know. I picture, like, since I was raised in a Catholic school, I picture my five-year-old self in my kindergarten room, coloring my crucifix picture, you know, with my Crayolas, waiting for
0: Jesus. Yeah, I had much the same same thing growing up in a Lutheran school. So, oh,
1: that's a podcast for another time. It
0: really, really is. That's a that's a good one though. We have many stories to share about that
1: whole thing. Mind if I read one more?
0: Um, Absolutely not.
1: I just wrote this one yesterday. It's called Empty Offer. I've got nothing for you. Dead knuckles scraping scarlet bubble tiles while scrubbing shadows off my soul. I've got nothing for you. I try. I gasp. I want to. I want to give myself. But this girl who tried more times to count is stuck on a shelf. In the shift, in the divide, in the outcrops. Lacy serenade, wafting perfume parade, smooth legs in the bedroom, a daydream gone boom. I've got nothing for you. Mm -mm -mm. See what COVID does to
0: people? We all twisted and hanging out.
1: Oh yeah, stumbling around in the
0: dark. Twisted and hanging out to dry.
1: Oh my gosh, how long we've been talking? We've
0: only been talking for 29 minutes. Wow. Almost a half an hour. I just have one more and I'll... So here's here's just the last one that I'm going to end with. It's called She is Fire. She is fire. Birth of smoke and embers, a flight into the lonely night. She's a force. She doesn't need you. She wants you. You'll do well to know the difference.
1: Amen, sister. Amen. Know that difference. <laughs>
0: And that just brings us to back to the place where we realize that we can take care of ourselves and we will get there. Absolutely. We just need to get through this year first.
1: (sighs) Mama needs more vodka.
0: Yeah. There's not enough (laughs) vodka. Actually, I think the only people that are doing well um, in the last two years have been alcohol manufacturers. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Angry bitches. Thanks for listening.
1: Peace out.